So now we'll get into this. You with me? Yes. Great. Excellent. 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 Cool. Tonight, I want to um, cover a good amount. Um, how do we say that? I'm so basic. I've got to figure it out. It's okay. So I want to talk about what it means to be alive in Christ. Is that fair? Like, yeah, I've heard that. No, you haven't. You haven't. Because I'm just bringing you some fresh flavor tonight that I hope blows your mind, that I hope you trust me in, and that I hope that uh, you ask questions in the middle, mm -hmm. and after, and during, and when it's over. Not before, because you don't know what I'm talking about. We're talking about being alive in Christ, being alive in the Lord, right? Because I think... and. I think sometimes we get a little bit too focused on one singular person in the Trinity instead of the entire Trinity, instead of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm afraid that we get caught up on emphasis on one part of who the Lord is. He's actually three parts in equal strength, in equal authority, in equal power. And I feel like we forget that sometimes. We're like, well, Jesus died on the cross for me, so he must be more important. Like, yeah, he, he's kind of a big deal, but he's not the biggest deal. He's the equal deal. Does that make sense? All right? Holy Spirit is just as much God and just as much the Lord and just as much Savior as Jesus is. And I hope we understand that tonight. If we don't, that's okay. We'll go through it. Okay, we'll have some fun tonight. I'm going to try to challenge a couple ways of thinking that I feel like some of us have created is that fair mm -hmm. all right so don't get offended at me okay if you get offended easily just like pray over yourself real quick lay a hand on your heart and say lord may i not get offended tonight okay just do that real quick you know don't draw attention to yourself just do it real quick all right just don't get offended with me tonight because i want to poke and prod some areas of our lives because what i'm getting at and I guess just for those of you who don't know me as well, this entire year has been marked over my life of a year of holiness and what that actually looks like and how attainable that actually is. Not in the sense of being lame, not in the sense of being boring, not in the sense of being a full religious cult leader or anything like that, but actually going after this thing called holiness because in First Peter it talks about be holy, therefore, because I am holy. And that shook me to my core at the beginning of this year. And it was prompted by a question, and I, I guess this is the sermon that I've been working on this entire year, is this. If I can dramatize it and just get all of your attention at the beginning, this is it. This is what I feel like I've been working towards this entire year. Not that I have it all figured out, but this is my process that I'm in. The Lord illuminated three scriptures at the beginning of this year to me. Okay? Here, here are the three. Write them down if you're taking notes. Okay? First one being Ephesians 4.30. Second one... Oh, sorry. I'll, I'll slow down. Ephesians, Ephesians 4.30 is the first one. 
And we'll read them, so don't worry. Ephesians 4.30, 1 Thessalonians 5.19. If you don't know how to spell Thessalonians, just put T-H-E-S. It's quicker for now. 5.19, yes. And then Isaiah 63.10. Were these three scriptures that were kind of illuminated to me at the beginning of the year. Not to over-spiritualize it, but that's what happened. Okay? What was the last one? 62. Isaiah 63.10. I need three people, Benji being one of them, 4.30, turn to Ephesians 4.30. Katie, if you would, turn to 1 Thessalonians 5.19, and I'm interested. Go Isaiah 63.10. It'll be interesting to see what it says. It's all truth. Well, yeah, it's true. It's just what verbiage they used. Benji, you got yours? Okay. Everybody listen? Just read that one verse. You can't take it out of context, so trust me. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. There you go. Okay? Plain and simple, yes? Keyword, grieved. Okay? If you're taking notes, put next to uh, Ephesians 4.30, dash, grieved. Okay? Just the word grieved. Unless you are space cadet and then put Holy Spirit. Okay? But just grieved. First Thess. Thessalonians, when I was a little boy, I had struggled saying that word. But I'm still a boy. First Thessalonians 5.19. <laughs> Who's got that one? I, Katie, thank you. 5.19, what do we got? Do not quench the spirit. Straight up, do not quench. Keyword quench. Okay. Keyword quench. Put that next to the, 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 the 5.19. Quench. One of those days. It's just one of those. All right, Tom, miss. Sixty-three ten. Sixty-three ten. What's it say in hippie Bible? So I But they rebelled against him and grieved his holy spirit. That's so he became the enemy and fought against them. Okay, it says grieved. Does anybody else just say something? Oh, did anybody else turn it? Anybody else just say something different? Gotcha. Vex, maybe? I'm, I'm messing up. Vex. Does anybody say Vex? Like what? V-E-X? No? No? Everybody says Grieved? No, my, I think my NASB did. Mine's got Grieved. Grieved? Grieved. Grieved? What are you looking at? NIV. NIV? All of them say Grieved. So one of them says Vex. I don't remember which one. I want to say it's the NASB, but it doesn't matter. But right grieved, okay? Just so that it's correlating to your Bible, yes? See. Good. So what do these three words have in common? Good point. Even more so? They all have extinguishing. They all are addressing Holy Spirit, correct? Yeah. And the way I grew up, I grew up, for all it's worth, I grew up thinking Holy Spirit was lesser than the Father and the Son. Okay? That's the way I grew up. It was the wrong way of thinking. It's, I, I have a better understanding now. Okay? So don't shoot me. But that's the way I grew up. All three of these words are addressing the Holy Spirit. Grieved, quenched, and vexed. Okay? Do you know what else they have in common? They're all ceasing. They're all, yeah, ceasing and stifling something. Yes, but even more so, they're directed to a person. Mm -hmm. 
the original language talks about, and I won't get into it because it's just not that important, but the original language talks about these three words in correlation to addressing a person, not a blob of energy, not a vibe, not an atmosphere, not something that I push around the room, not something that I throw at somebody, but a person. Have you ever heard Holy Spirit addressed as a person? Maybe a better question is, do you know Holy Spirit as a person? Or do we know what his manifestations look like? Because his manifestations are interesting. They don't look like personhood, right? They don't look like personhood. One is oil, right? His anointing oil is a manifestation. Yes? Okay. If you didn't know that, now you do. The next one is wind, right? Acts 2, we see that in Pentecost. Or the sound of wind, rather. The sound of wind coming through the room. What was that? Well, it was actually the person of Holy Spirit. It was a manifestation of who he is. Yes? Okay? There's also breeze in Old Testament times of where he was actually a breeze that was guiding them. Or as some call a pillar of smoke or a cloud that was guiding them. That's Holy Ghost. Yes? If we didn't know, now you do. Okay? That is him. He is guiding. Okay? Also, we've heard manifestations or seen in scripture manifestations of a sound yes okay or a feeling that we felt like oh i'm in the presence of the holy spirit and it's wonderful and it is it is i feel it right now and it's wonderful i love the holy spirit i love his nearness yeah okay and sometimes we take all of those things and say well hold on that must be him then that must be the way he is. He must just be a spirit or a ghost or something that shifts around from space to space and place to place and person to person. And that's actually not true. Did you know? Sometimes we forget about this or we forget to apply this to our lives. We understand that God the Father is omnipresent. Yes? Mm -hmm. We understand. Do we understand that Jesus is omnipresent? Mm -hmm. That messes with our theology a little bit. Why? Because he was a man, and he actually, his body was taken to heaven. So, messes with me a little bit. But even more so, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, is omnipresent. Do we forget about that sometimes? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we just find special churches that we go to, and we're like, oh, that's a, that's a spirit-filled place, dude. And I'm like, cool, great. I'm happy that those places are marked by that. And I'm happy that your awareness is tuned to that in that place but shouldn't it be shouldn't your awareness be everywhere of who holy ghost is he's just as much holy spirit at your workplace or in your classroom or whatever it is as he is here right yeah. and he's not a not a person that needs to be drummed up do you know what i mean by that i don't need to bellow him up in me why because he resides in me that's where he decides to reside or dwell Yes? Isn't that beautiful? Yes. Have we ever stopped and paused about how mind-blowing that it actually is? That God Almighty decides to dwell in me. Okay? So, for all it's worth, Holy Spirit is not a blob of energy that moves around from place to place or person to person. Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit has feelings. Holy Spirit has emotions. Holy Spirit has his own will. And Holy Spirit is all things. Last time I spoke at this place, 
I talked about how we've never actually heard the Father's voice. We've only heard the Holy Spirit's voice. We understand the importance of who Holy Spirit is by just that alone. Yes? We have to. We have to understand the Holy Spirit's importance in my life or else I'm going to be just a frustrated, emotional train wreck trying to figure out what this thing Christianity is. You'll be like, well, I freaking don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. What school do I go to? What, do I, what am I supposed to study? Where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to breathe? How am I supposed <laughs> to... You get it? You see how frantic you can get without the understanding of who the Holy Spirit is in your life. And who He wants to be. The crazy thing is, Holy Spirit is a person. Is a person. And He is also the essence of all things that we would call biblical. Do we understand that? Do I need to embellish on that at all? He's the essence of all things biblical. What does that mean? I can't understand anything biblical without him. I can't. Some people believe in things in the scripture, and some people believe in things that are in scripture that then they don't believe in. I said that very poorly. Some people believe all of scripture, some people pick and choose what scripture they want to apply to their lives. Yes? That nah, was better. Good job. Yeah. Nah, all right. Yeah. We're going. We're going for it. All right. So, like, what I'm getting at is we can't pick and choose what scripture we want to apply. Why? Because then what are we doing? Use the words. Grieved, quenching, and vexing. We're pushing him aside. Have you ever, obviously not today, because you guys are so righteous now. But all of, have you ever been in a situation where you just wanted nothing to do with a person? Yes. What was your response to them? Tell you. You would brush them off. You'd be like, yeah, all right, cool, Phil. Let's just, like, let's move. All right, I'm going to go over here. Hey, Benji, all right, yeah, yeah. How are you doing, bro? That's what we do, yes? That's what we do when we're disinterested in somebody, right? Uh, like, if somebody, it happens to me a lot, so... When people like come on to me, I'm just joking. <laughs> but do you get it? Like when you're disinterested in somebody. I'm just making sure you guys are listening. I know. I need to tighten it up. Should have worn my suit tonight. Um, but uh, what was I saying? We brush things off that we don't want to be a part of. So I guess that my first challenge is, my first challenge is, how have we done that to the Holy Spirit's voice in our lives? And I know that's super elementary and super basic. But what if I'm not encapsulating everything that the Scripture is telling me? What if I'm picking and choosing what I want to apply? And what is voice is speaking over my life? What if? Right? What if I took him as full authority of full truth? What would my life look like? What would I speak like? What would I walk like? Have you ever asked yourself that? How bad do I want him? Right? That's the big question. How bad do I want him? Am I willing to brush things off that I might not theologically or doctrinally agree with because I made up my own theology and doctrine, but that he's actually pressing me into? 
I know that's going to mess with all of you. Because you're like, well, we have to have sound theology and sound doctrine. Of course. I'm not denying that. But how do you gain that? Through a Holy Ghost. I can't have strong theology or I can't even touch doctrine without Him. I can't. Or else I'm just a historian. And that's fine. Like, if that's what you want to be, that's great. That's fine. But at the end of the day, what's more important? Being wise in your own eyes or being wise in others' eyes or being led by the Holy Spirit. I'll let you decide. Because you can only decide. I can't decide that for you. Right? You get to decide. The other amazing thing about Holy Spirit, like I touched on earlier, is He is omnipresent. What's that mean? He's everywhere, all the time, all at once. In equal authority, in equal presence, in equal vocab, in equal everything. So why do we feel like we can come in and out of his presence. Why? What a deception. Turn to Psalm 139. This might blow your mind even more. Did you know Holy Spirit's even in hell? According to scripture, he's even in hell. He's literally everywhere. Psalm 139, verse 7. Everybody there? Mm -hmm. I'm not. Down here. Here it is. It reads in verse 7, Where shall I go from your spirit? And where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. Cool. Okay. Good news. Yes. I don't want to go there if he's not there. Yes. Okay. Good. All right. Well, get an eight. Right. If I ascend to heaven, you are there, Holy Spirit. If I make my bed in Sheol, what's Sheol? Anybody know? My seminary fellas? What's going on? What's Sheol? It's okay. Hell! Mine says in the depths. There you go, dude. In the depths. Hell. What? How can he be there? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Whoa. I can't escape from his presence. I can't. I can't. What I can do is submit to it. What I can do is submit to him. What I can do is not run away and brush him aside. What I can do is not grieve him. I have, if I can say, full authority to bask in his presence all the time. Did you know that? Like, even to the extent where it says, to the uttermost parts of the sea, <laughs> the middle of the sea. You guys see that, uh, what's that movie with that volleyball? Uh, Castaway. 
You guys seen that movie? Tom Hanks, yeah, yeah, Tom Hanks movie. Like, Holy Spirit was still with him. He just decided to lose his mind. Right? He was in the middle of nowhere. No cell phone service. Holy Spirit's with you when you don't have Wi-Fi. Holy Spirit's with you when you don't have 3G. Do you guys even know what that means? Okay? He's with you. Okay? All the time. There's no lack of service to the Holy Spirit. I can go anywhere and he's there. Isn't that beautiful? So how's this look in a practical sense? So often we know the right answers, right? We can preach the right answers. They're the easiest things to preach, right? The right answers. But what does this look like tomorrow? What does this look like day to day? What's this look like next Monday? What's this look like in five years from now? What do you look like in five years from now? Right? When I read these verse, verses, I had a sense of awe come over me. Yes? In Ephesians and 1 Thessalonians and Isaiah, uses these words, grieved, quenched, and vexed. And all these words are not about an energy or a vibe. Whatever that means. I'm still trying to learn what the vibe means. But it's actually these words are talking about brushing someone off because you think your way is better. Uh, oopsie right mm-hmm. and we can think of those moments right mm-hmm. i can think of those moments when i brushed them off i'm like i'm just not in the mood to share the gospel today i'm just not in the mood to pray for that person for healing today just not in the mood anybody with me <laughs> no okay i've i'm sometimes not in the mood to do spiritual things i know i know i know it sucks <sighs> but i'm working on it All of these things allude to the personhood of Holy Spirit. This should change our approach to Him as a friend and as a person. Do we understand that? Mm -hmm. Do you? Because, like, it would offend me if Tommy brushed me off. It would. Because I really want to be Tommy's friend. And it would hurt if he brushed (laughs) me off and said, Dude, just, I just don't want to. Right? Mm-hmm. Or like, I, I'm cool with you being my pastor on Thursdays, but like, dude, I just don't want Tuesdays with you. Right? Wouldn't that suck for you? Mm-hmm. Anybody like resonate with that? Can you put yourself in that place of like what that would feel like? Mm-hmm. How often do we do that to the Holy Spirit without even knowing? Ooh. Without even understanding that we're doing it. So again, what's this look like? And here's the questions that I came up with. Again, that only you can answer. And then we'll get into, we'll keep on going. Is that just okay? You good? Yes? Yes. Sir. Okay. All right. Tell me if you're lost. Can I just ask where the bathroom is? Yeah, definitely. It's back. Take this wall all the way down and then turn left. Thank go you. into the bedroom. It's awkward. Okay. But just go into the bedroom. Thank you so much. Yeah. Do I care more about my hopes and dreams and plans, or do I give ear to his? Right? What am I giving ear to? What my parents think, what my boss thinks, what my professors think. What am I giving ear to? Or what Holy Spirit thinks? Do I listen to what's on his mind, or do my thoughts trump his? 
and my favorite one, is do I have a mutual give and take relationship with him? Can you repeat the second one? Yes, yeah. I'm still on the first one. Oh, sorry. Do you need me to repeat the first one? Yes, please. Do I care more about my hopes and dreams and plans, or do I give ear to his? It's okay. Whatever makes sense to you. Do I listen to what is on his mind, or do my thoughts trump his? And last one is, do I have a mutual give and take relationship with him? Make sense? With me? Okay. Five words behind. Okay, that's fine. You can write quick. And the cool thing about those is, I guess you can answer them yes or no, but like spend some time on them. What would it actually look like if you focused and took a space and said, I'm going to focus and meditate on these questions and ask the Lord to answer them for me because he knows me better than I do. Yes? Yeah. Okay. Tommy, you good? Okay, cool. So by living in this understanding, a reverence and acceptance should come over us. Yes? Okay. I should be able to accept his realities, and I should revere to him. Or maybe a better word is yield to him. Wait until he says go. Yes? Okay. And understanding that he does have a voice in my life. Do you understand the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now? And it's probably not out of my voice. He's speaking to something in you. He's speaking to your spirit. Yes? Because the depth of your spirit calls out to the depth in him. Yes? He calls us from glory to glory. Not just from what the pastor preaches on Thursday to next Thursday. Okay? It's not that. I would love to be that kind of vessel, and I hope I am. But Holy Spirit is doing a greater work than the words I could ever speak. You understand that? Okay? Same thing goes for you. Okay? So let me tell you something. And remember, remember, everybody look at me. Trust me. I'm not a heretic. Okay? I know you're like, oh, frick, I don't know this guy. But I'm going to challenge you. Okay? My thing is I preach the entire Bible. I don't just preach the sections of it. Okay? I don't just preach the easy stuff. I don't preach the stuff that's going to make you feel good. All right? But I want to ask you a question. And this probably will challenge everything that you've ever been taught. Okay? But I think it's helpful. If Jesus didn't die on the cross, would he be any less Messiah? If Jesus didn't die on the cross, would he be any less of a Messiah? Anybody want to take a run with me? Anybody with me? Do I get to answer your question? Just give it a sec. Anybody want to answer that? It's challenging. Right? Because when was he declared to be Messiah? Think of the timeline. He was declared to be the Messiah while he was still alive. But he was declared to be like the savior of the world after he had died on the cross. Okay. So I would say it would be less because he wouldn't have taken on our sins and died on the cross. So he couldn't be called the savior anymore. But I think he could still be called the Messiah. Okay. Can a Messiah and say are are can Messiah and Savior be two separate people? 
I guess is my question, right? That's the big thing, right? He was Messiah long before the cross. He was the promised one. Why? Because he lived a perfect life. He did. Isn't that cool? He did it. He was the essence of holiness. He achieved it. Do you understand that? Yes. Yes? And when he was, let me say, prophesied about by that angel to Mary, what, would, what did that angel say? Anybody? Savior will be born. Yes. The promised one, Messiah, is coming. And you are to name him Jesus. Yes? Mm-hmm. Remember this? Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I know. It's a little bit before Christmas, but you can still remember it. <laughs> okay? Let me ask you the next question, and then we'll really dive into this, okay? If Jesus died on that day when Herod put out that headhunt on all the baby, newborn babies, remember this? Yeah. Remember this in the, in the scripture? Yes? When the, that crazy dude decided to go and kill all of the babies? <laughs> yeah, great. Would he be any less Messiah? This. That's an interesting. Yeah. Well, it's heavy, right? Mm-hmm. Why do I believe Jesus is Messiah? Just because he died on the cross for me? Well, because that's his like, identity given by the Father. Yes. Mm-hmm. Identity trumps doing. You get that? Yes. I know that this is challenging, okay? But hang with me, all right? If you have questions, interrupt me, okay? Identity trumps everything that somebody could do, right? Hopefully, it's a byproduct Mm -hmm. of identity. Everything that we do is hopefully a byproduct. Yes? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So Jesus was Messiah long before anything, before he was even born. He was Messiah, period. Yes? Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Okay. Jesus is Messiah, period. What's crazy is we think, according to that Roman soldier who said, hey, can't you just call down Elijah to save you? Remember when he was on the cross? And the Roman soldier was like, hey, can't you call, call down some angels to get you off of this thing and you know take care of you? Yes? Mm-hmm. You remember this? You guys with me? Yes. yes? Okay, stay with me. All right? So often, we are looking for Jesus to prove something to us to affirm what he is. That is improper thinking. Jesus doesn't have to prove anything to you. He will, but he doesn't have to. He's God. (laughs) If he needs to prove something to me, then therefore I am God. And I tell him how to be. Are you hearing me? Yes? Am I poking the bear? Are you guys okay? All right? Don't get mad at me. Remember, I just believe in the whole entire Bible. Okay. So often we think that Jesus should have to prove himself to us. That he has to prove that he uh, that he has to prove his worthiness. And you're like, well, no, he doesn't have to do that to me. Well, hold on. Don't go there yet. That he has to prove his faithfulness. That he has to prove his love for us. That he has to prove his healing. That he has to prove fill in the blank, whatever you are going after in the Lord. What a terrible phrase that is. I'm going after this with the Lord. What? What do you mean? 
You're waiting for him to prove himself to you? Maybe you don't outright do this, but your subconscious definitely does. It does. Let me tell you why. I hear this all the time. I need to work on fill in the blank. I need to work on um, being more patient. I need to work on giving more grace. I need to work on name another fruit of the Spirit. I need to work on being gentle. I need to work on this or that or the other. I need to work on this with my relationship with the Lord. Well, actually, maybe you just don't know Him. trying to force God Almighty to prove himself to you in those areas. What's that? Oh, it's deception. And he will, you know, like he loves us enough that he will. But when I start demanding it, what am I actually doing? I'm pushing him into a corner and saying, show me. Show me that you'll heal me. Show me that you'll teach me patience. Yes? Without even knowing it. We do this. We take this approach. We say, I'm not going to learn anything else in Scripture until he teaches me this. I'm not going to spend any time. I'm going to go on a hunger strike and call it fasting. I'm going to do this and call it this. I'm going to over-spiritualize something, but it's actually, I'm taking a strike. I'm boycotting. In 1 John 4.19, it reads, we only love because he first loved us. Yeah, that's good news, yes. Mm -hmm. So therefore, what I receive, I can give. Unless it's something I learned in culture and then I can manifest something, right? Mm -hmm. But we're only talking about spiritual things tonight, yes? yes? Yeah, only spiritual things? We're not talking about culture. We're talking about kingdom culture, yes? yes. Okay, so I have to receive love from him. I have to understand it at some capacity. Not the entirety of it, because good luck. All right, but some capacity of love, I have to understand. Yes, according to 1 John 4, 19. Yes, I have to understand some level of love, then I can give it. That's what scripture says. But love is God, and God is love. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I need to understand that all of the things of God are actually not what he does, but who he is. Mm. Let me say it this way. God doesn't give me patience He's patient. God doesn't heal. He's a healer. Do you see the difference? He doesn't have to manifest something up. It's just who he is. It's a special bam, a touch, and I'm healed. By his stripes, we are, you know the word? Maybe you know, healed. Okay, yeah, we were talking about healing, easy process of elimination. You could have just said, it wasn't Jesus that time. So I'm sorry that I stumped you guys. Okay, but do you get what I'm talking about? So I believe the word love is interchangeable with all the characteristics of the Lord. Why? Because God is love and love is God. Yes? Okay, and also why? 1 Corinthians 13. Love is fill in the blanks. Yeah? Patient, anybody have it memorized? You've been to a wedding recently? You can know it? Yeah. Thanks for taking that out of context, marriage. All right, but uh, anyways. We didn't read it at our wedding. No, we did not. Um, we read Acts. Yeah, we read Pentecost, and then people started <laughs> singing in tongues. We should have done that. That would have been cool. Next time. Next time.
<laughs> wedding too. <tape. laughs> Would be cool to have another wedding. Anniversary one? Let's have a baby first. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, I'll keep on going. So, remember, love is interchangeable. Why? Because love is patient, love is kind, all of the fruits of the Spirit, all, everything, pretty much every single characteristic of God is encompassed in that 1 Corinthians 13. To simplify it, okay? All right, good. So, we are faithful. Here's 1 John 4, 19, in just different words. We are faithful because He is faithful to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah? We are patient because He is patient to us. We are gentle because he is gentle with us. You see what I'm doing? Yes. Are you getting what I'm dropping down? Are you picking it up? Are you eating it? Drinking of it? Yeah, and the, the, so just clarifying this faithful to us, right? This, this loving of us isn't actually in an act of us being superior, but it's actually in a, in a sense of who, the character of who the Lord is, wanting the best for us and only being that. Because of the love that he has for us. Exactly. I don't have any love to give unless it's from him. I don't have any patience to give unless it's from him. And frankly, unless it's learned from him. Mm-hmm. Yes? Yeah. Unless I've understood and spent some time with him. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, you're supposed to do that sometimes, like spend some time with him. And then you like learn more about who he is. Just like when you sit down at coffee with somebody, like, oh, you like cars, so yeah, cool, dude. That's great. You know, like stuff like that. You learn something about people when you like spend genuine, authentic time with them. You know, you get what I'm saying? Like you learn something from them. You understand a little bit more of who they are. I understand a little bit more of who Keelan is because I have went to dinner with him. You know, like you get what I'm saying. I understand Keelan's character because I went to dinner with him. He cares for people in a, in a way that I've never seen people care for people. Right? Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. Anybody ever seen that in Keelan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Such a good dude. All right. Anyway, don't cry. I'm not going to go try to do it. So, do you get what I'm saying? I learn characteristics of somebody when I spend time with them properly. Not when I back them into a corner and say, hey, give me this. Not when I squeeze them and say, I'm going to force you into something. Has that ever worked? Well, it's never worked. Why? Because we're not God. He is. I can't boss him around. I don't answer to him. Oh, oh, sorry. I answer to him. He does not answer to me. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's keep on going. Does that make sense? You guys with me? Scripture says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes? Okay? The problem then in lies with me. I'm different yesterday, today, and forever. Yes? Yes. Good, bad, or indifferent? Hopefully towards the Lord. Yeah, that's the goal, right? Hopefully I'm growing in the Lord, so then I'm changing. Yes? I'm closer to the Lord today than I was yesterday. With me? Yes. I'm closer to the Lord tomorrow than I am right now. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, yes? yes? Okay, cool. As long as we're on the same page with that, then we have to understand that something in lies with me. That my helipad isn't ready for a helicopter to land on. That I'm not ready to receive. Mm-hmm. That I'm postured in a way that says, nah, I'm going to grieve, I'm going to quench, I'm going to vex. Okay, you, you see how 
Every once in a while. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Are you understanding this? Yes. Okay. We do not deserve his proving. He will prove it. He will, but we don't dictate it. Do you get what it means to be a living sacrifice? That's it. That's exactly it. I don't tell him what to do. He tells me what to do. Why? Because Jesus unlocked this for us. I only do what the Father does, and I only speak what the Father speaks. That's in the Bible. Okay? That's Jesus, who's equal with God. Fully God, fully man, fully God. Most important part. He's God. That is mind-blowing. That he even had to be in submission to his Father and say, I'm going to only do what I see the Father do. And I'm only going to speak what I hear the Father speak. Whoa! And that's a reality for you. That's a reality for us. It's a reality for me. That I could actually be in such a submission to him that he tells me. Even Jesus, fully man, didn't dictate his life. He was submitted and listened to the Father. So then why do we change our entire theology to affirm a behavior that's opposite of that? Right? Some of you guys are weary of tongues. Like, oh my gosh, that's the devil's language. Well, I guess I'm demon-possessed then. Because the Bible says it's true. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've read the Bible recently, but it hasn't changed. It's been the same. It hasn't changed. That 1 Corinthians 12 says, hey, here it is. Here's what you do. Romans 12 says, hey, here it is. This is what you do. Ephesians 5, whatever the fivefold is in. Okay. There's going to be prophets, teachers, all those. Prophets and evangelists. There it is. Right? These, there's going to be those types of people. Why? Well, because the unity of Christ hasn't been affirmed yet. Why? By us. We're the lack. We're not the same yesterday, today, and forever. Where's the, we're the lack. Why? Because of this grieving, this quenching, and these agendas that we carry. Like, I don't have an agenda. Well, I do. I have an agenda. I'm sorry. I'm still fleshy. I'm still combating it every single day. So do you. You have an agenda. Is it from the Lord? Is it His will? Again, how bad do we want Him? And the biggest question is, why do we change our theology to affirm anything less than what the Holy Spirit has given us. I know you think I'm this crazy spirit man. Oh, who cares? I love the word. I love the word. I love it. That's all I've got. So I can't eliminate anything out of it. I can't, unless it tells me to. Which there's areas that it it has, right? Why? Well, I don't know. It's not for me to know. 
But it happened. Old covenant to new covenant. Okay, there's an elimination of something. Does it mean I throw away that entire covenant? No, no, I can still learn a lot. I can actually learn a lot about the new covenant from the old covenant. Did you know? Yes? Now, now you do. This is mind-blowing type of behavior. And we change our theology to affirm our agenda, to affirm our comfort level. But babe, what was that quote that you read me last night? The, uh, I know. The, uh, the one where the person left the church. I know that this is from the Lord, but I... this is from God, but it's just not from me. Yeah. Is that our theology? I know that this is of God, but it's not for me. Is that our theology? Well, I don't know. Ask your subconscious. Because I, I can be Mr. Religious on the outside. I can. It's easy. I just say the right things. Because I, I'm, for the most part, know the right things. Right? Still learning, obviously. Not a wizard. Okay? But, hmm. What are areas of the Holy Spirit that we're saying, that's just not for me? Because <laughs> that's what I'm nervous about, man. That's what I'm really nervous about. Or even if we're just listening to this message tonight, it's like, oh, that's not for me. <laughs> I think it is. I think if you're saying that right now, this is exactly the message you need to hear tonight. This is for you. Every single ounce of it. Yes? Mm-hmm. Every single drip of it. Right? If this was a wet towel, I'd want to wring it out and drink of it. That should be our want too. Mm -hmm. If we truly want to be that tree planted next to the stream of water that it says in Psalm 1, then here it is. Here's the tree planted next to the uh, clean stream of water. Yeah? All right? Here it is. I need to implant myself in it. And then guess what is going to happen? (gasps) Holiness is going to be birthed. And I'm not going to say, Jesus, prove yourself. (laughs) Prove it. No, he doesn't need to prove it. He's told you plenty. He's told you a lot, dude. He's told you a lot about who he is. There's a lot of red text in mine. A lot, dude. That's really cool. I, I can actually understand what the Messiah of the universe has said before. And I wasn't there. And there's no recordings. He didn't have a podcast. I can understand it. I'll thank the Lord for Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. Thank the Lord for his illumination of the Spirit. Or of the Word, sorry. Yes? Mm-hmm. All right, well, I'll close with this. Go to uh, Colossians 2. Oh, wherever it is. Food. Colossians 2. Verse 6. I'm going to read this to 15, okay? Just bear with me. I promise I'm almost done. Hang with me just for a little bit longer. I know, you guys probably aren't used to this hour-long message stuff. Well, maybe you are. you got to listen to those professors. All right. Um, but anyway. <laughs> maybe you should edit that. Probably not. Nah, I don't really care. All right. Um, Colossians 2. That's what I said. Verse 6, here it is. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. Ah, how? Okay, you know how now. All right, rooted and built up in him, 
and established in the faith, just as you are taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Yes? Just as you were taught. How are they taught? Properly. Not skewed by all the agendas that we've got to deal with. Okay. Verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to elemental, elemental, elementary, basic spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and for you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. Beautiful, yes? Mm -hmm. that's, that's our Jesus. That's amazing. Verse 11. Still with me? Yes. Okay, good. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. Very long sentence. All right, verse 13. And you, who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses. Catch this. This is where I'm going to finalize on these last two verses. Okay, you with me? All right, just chew on this and love it. Ready? By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with, with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Why am I bringing that up? Do you understand that the devil is a toothless wolf? Would you be afraid of a wolf that didn't have any teeth? You'd be like, oh, it's just a dog that's a little bit angrier but with no teeth. Yes? Mm -hmm. That wouldn't threaten you as much. Are, anybody understanding the words that are coming out of my mouth right now? Yes. Okay, good. The devil is a toothless wolf, according to that scripture. Yes? Yes. He canceled our debt. Yes? Mm -hmm. By the work on the cross, he did this. By him seeing his entire life through, he did this. He made the devil a toothless wolf. Why am I saying this? Because I'm sorry, but I can't determine my theology and doctrine around a toothless wolf anymore. Mm. I need to be a person walking by faith, led by the Spirit, in full anointing of who he is, in full understanding of the glory of God Almighty, that he is worthy, that he doesn't need to prove it to me, that he's abundant, that he doesn't need to prove it to me, and that I'm con that a, a toothless wolf has already been conquered. Mm -hmm. And I can't change my theology anymore to help me around this little wolf mm -hmm. that has no means of ever even getting close to harming me unless I give him his teeth back, unless I take him off of his leash, and un unless I say, come on. What's that called? Well, self-inflicted bullcrap. Mm -hmm. I can say that because it's my church. <laughs> Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Do you understand this? So often we are looking at our theology of like, okay, I've just got to overcome the devil. No, he's already been overcome. Oh, I've just got to overcome my circumstance. No, it's already been overcome. Yeah. 
oh, I just need to overcome my anxiety and my depression and all that crap. No, actually, it's already been done. Mm -hmm. Do you understand that? I'm not discounting how you feel, but what I'm saying is that he is a healer, that he is worthy, that he is patient, that he is grace, that he mm -hmm. is all, mm -hmm. yeah. that he hovers on the waters long before we were ever created, mm -hmm. yeah. that he hovers everywhere long before anything, and even still, he didn't change. Remember, he's God. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, mm -hmm. today, and forever. He didn't change. Holy Spirit didn't change. Mm -hmm. His manifestations are still the same. He wants a Pentecost. Mm -hmm. He wants a revival. He wants you in full submission to him. Because anything less than that is saying, here's your teeth back, wolf. Here's your teeth back, wolf. Mm -hmm. Anything less than that. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. Are you hearing me tonight? Yeah. If we do something with this, if we actually said yes to this, I believe the entire world would change. I do. I know, that may be radical, but I do believe that the entire world would change. And I can't change my theology just because eh, I'm not so into that. I don't want to be that person dancing during worship. I don't get the flags. I don't care. I don't care about your flags. I care about your heart. I want to be that person. I, no, I don't care who that person is. You need to be you. You need to thrive in the spirit because he's marked you with something special. Mm -hmm. And you take that away from him, oh my. Oh my, oh my. Here's your teeth, Wolf. Do you get it? Yeah. And they're not just like, they're sharp teeth. Right? Yeah. You guys have all experienced the sharp teeth of the devil. You have. Whether it was in a temptation or whether you fell into sin, you understood what that felt like. Mm -hmm. Wasn't nice. You didn't feel good yes or the, after after that. Yes? You didn't feel good. You were like, well, frick, I need some repair now. Right? And you do. You do. But that's up to you. The amazing thing is, we think that the door of the Lord is something that we have to pry open with a, a crowbar. Something that we've got to un, undo the bolts on and, and pry open and get a truck so that we can rip that door off. In reality, it's an automatic door that understands when we approach. Mm -hmm. And we just go. Why? Because he stands at the door and knocks. He's not like, well, hold on, you don't have the right tools, bro. No, he doesn't do that. He's not a trickster. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. It's an automatic door. Automatic. It's an invitation. Mm -hmm. It's not a 100-point questionnaire that you've got to cover. It's an invitation. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. Are you with me tonight? Yes. Yes? Yes. Great. Hold your hands out like this. It's just a posture, okay? I promise I'm not going to put anything in them. Just the Holy Spirit will. Okay? Shut your eyes if you want to. Or look around. I don't care. Just wait on the Lord. Give me one second.